0: What is good party people? I am so happy to see all of you bright, shiny faces that are joining us right here on this lovely Thursday afternoon, a couple of days before UFC ends. It's one week off here again with another apex card, UFC Vegas, 85, pretty interesting middleweight main event to come on that you guys know the drill here 13 fights maddie and i are going to break them all down the best we can and get you set set for saturday from a betting perspective we do have a lot of props already available on fanduel that's why we've gone to a thursday show you can lock some of these in right now so i have to before i do anything else i need to turn it over to my buddy the man the myth the long shot legend maddie tanner and ask him a very important question (laughs) what are you doing today
1: Dude, what do we got? Like, it's like 11 straight cars or something.
0: Yeah, it's nine straight weeks, is uh, what okay, Clint, uh, Clint told me, Clint McLean of the Die Hard podcast. Nine straight weeks of UFC action. So we are ready. Oh,
1: that's that's incredible. You know, nine straight weeks. We're,
0: we're blessed. And I, I some of these cards may not bless us particularly. We saved a huge fight with some drama in the MMA community today. Benoit, St. Denis, Dustin Poirier off. And now back on again, sounds like a money thing, yep. you ask me, but
1: um, oh yeah, Fourier was negotiating.
0: <laughs> and uh, I don't think Dana White was too happy about him going rogue, but that's a, that's a different story for a different day. We are here to break down the 13 fights on Saturday, get you all set from that perspective. And so why don't we dive in and just start on that? Because this first fight up is going to take a little bit to chew on some of these. I, I actually texted Maddie earlier this week. Um, I don't really know how I'm supposed to guess, like, for instance, in this fight, which one of these guys gets tired first, but we will try to do our best. Heavyweights on the docket first fight up out of the gate. Thomas Peterson coming off the Contender Series, making his official UFC debut. He is taking on Jamal Pogues on the other side here. Pogues, um, we've seen him in UFC. He actually has a one in one record in UFC thus far, coming off a loss to Mick Parkin late last year, I guess middle of last year or so. Um, Maddie, a couple of guys that not super well known for their conditioning not super high level heavyweight but um just curious if you dug in and and maybe you see a side to some betting value with peterson sitting at minus 186 a pretty decent size favorite
1: yeah i mean that's a lot of, i think that's a lot of juice in this fight um i tend to, i tend to lean the dog or pass here um these guys are like these guys shouldn't even be heavyweights man if they were just in better <laughs> shape, if they were just in better shape they, they honestly wouldn't be heavyweights, um, but. I think Jamal Pogues, I think he has a decent enough, I don't want to hear your opinion, but I think he has a decent enough takedown defense that he could just win this fight standing and maybe do more on a scorecard. Um, I know Peterson's never been the distance. I was in the three fights, including the the contender series. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Pogues has, you know, I think a two or three inch reach advantage. I think it is there three inches. Yeah. Um, And I think I, I know Peterson had that submission win, but. I don't I think that was kind of just a sloppy yeah. Like I just don't see that. I don't see it playing out that way here. I think Jamal Pogues could probably win this fight just on the feet, defending some takedowns and and outpointing him. And I would lean that way on the plus money, but this is probably a fight that isn't gonna make my betting card if we're being honest.
0: <laughs> I totally understand that. I actually talked to a guy with a two unit bet on this fight and I said why? Um because yeah. I think the pivot, the scale on Friday will be pivotal here because we saw Jamal Pogues come in quite a bit heavier against Mick Parkin really seemed to affect his activity level. But I, I, you said, Hey, I want to ask you about his takedown defense. I kind of agree offensive and defensive wrestling usually correlates and we've seen Pogues get some nice work done with his takedowns, landed five on Josh Parisian landed seven on a contender series appearance where UFC actually said, thanks, but no, thanks. We don't need another wrestler in here, but Honestly, yeah. Pogues has shown okay stand up at times. He's got a pretty good jab. um His accuracy metrics, like 42%, not ideal, but through a fight with Mick Parkin, who is a guy that I think you and I both kind of like, training partner Tom Aspinall. Yeah. Could go either way. Like, I wasn't over the moon about his last performance, but I still think he's pretty decent. Um,
1: right.
0: The, you said both these guys, if they were in shape, Jamal Pogues fought regionally at 185. He fought on the contender series at 205, and now here he is at heavyweight in UFC. So I I think that's the Jake Collier path. But the thing about that is, what do we get from Collier? We get the athleticism, some of the activity that maybe you don't get from a standard heavyweight. And so I think Pogue's takedown defense decides this fight. If he's able to stuff Peterson's entries, which by the way, kind of sloppy, looks like a dude who just was a D1 wrestler that translated over to UFC, doesn't really set them up with his striking very much at all. Um, if Pose can defend those shots, he's he's two of three. So yeah, two of three so far in UFC. Um, he's undoubtedly to me the better striker here. I I totally agree with you that I think this one is dog or pass. Um, because if if Peterson's not getting takedowns early, it's going to be a very very ugly night for him. I don't really know exactly what the upside is for him, even if he gets them. Pose has shown enough. Um, I would love to see him come in at like two fifty five, two fifty eight, in better shape. And then I might actually fire onto my betting card, but otherwise, thanks, but no thanks.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Um, I mean, would you even consider Pugs on like a TKO here? Yeah,
0: I would. We haven't seen um, any submission attempts from him yet in UFC. Peterson actually wasn't really a submission guy before the Contender Series. And I invite you, if you haven't seen the fight, Go back and look at Peterson's Contender Series opponent. The dude looks like he belongs on Power Slap, not in MMA. Like he, right. just a big beer belly would have Chris Barnett beat, as far as BMI in UFC is concerned, right? Um, it, not really a guy that you can say, "Hey, that's going to translate to UFC level success." Even though Contender Series built Peterson up, he was a huge favorite in that fight. Like, um, this is an intriguing first test for for Peterson, and I don't love the asking price here. I, I think we're getting pogs at the bare minimum of his value since we've seen him in ufc circles and peterson is probably at his apex
1: yeah i'm with you we're, we're definitely aligned there cool and but we won't spend much
0: more time on that because we ultimately don't know again which one of those heavyweights might get tired first but here's a much better fight in the second fight i think it's actually an intriguing one like to mma diehards here Landon Quinones coming off an impressive debut against Nazareth Hackparast, even though he lost. Anytime Connor McGregor tweets you out, you probably enter UFC fan circles. He said McGregor said Quinones tough as nails. Liked him on his team on the Ultimate Fighter, taking on a Contender Series appearance as well. Markel Maderos here, who's coming back actually as a minus one fifty favorite. Maderos trains near me here in Inglewood at Factory X. Impressive knockout on the Contender Series. That always comes with a caveat, though. Um, we've seen Quinones shrink quite. A bit this week. He was plus one thirty-two on Monday, now plus one ten currently live on FanDuel Sportsbooks. So we couldn't even snag the line movement there. Do you agree with the sharp movement toward quinones Or did you find Medeiros more impressive? Or is this fight kind of a pass in general for you?
1: Yeah, I thought Landon looked really good in mm-hmm. that last fight, man. I haven't spent a lot of time uh watching footage on this fight, but I mean, is he still what's he what's he sitting at? So he's still plus one ten on FanDuel right now. It's not mm-hmm. not bad. No, um, but this is this is another fight where I'm dog or pass again. Like I feel, I feel like if you bet the first two fights of this card and take both dogs, you're gonna go one and one at, at minimum. Mm, um, interesting, in my opinion. I, yeah. I think I think that you could blindly take the two dogs to start this card and and hopefully have a profit here. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm dog or pass again on the on the second fight here.
0: Yeah. I don't have a good, you know, you know, and anybody that listens to our show knows I'm no film film expert. So I don't have that particular caveat. I will say Medeiros looked impressive on the contender series, but that's always the, the juxtaposition of who was he facing. He was facing Isa Isakov, who was more of a, a grappler type. He was going to have an advantage standing in that fight, um, these factory X guys, you kind of know what you get the leg mix in, leg kicks, good hard rights. The jab is going to be there. Like it, all of these guys kind of come from a similar vein. And we saw that Maderos plus 3.85 striking success rate on the contender series. But you look how closely Quinones just fought Nazrat Hack It was a very worthwhile effort. I, um, an account that I do recommend following because I love MMA analytics. MMA RAX tweeted out they like Maderos because Quinones' striking defense didn't seem encouraging. I couldn't disagree more. It was 54% against Nazrat, who is just really, really talented. We know he's great with the hands. He's 8-4 and four in UFC, and we just saw him knock down he's a zombie of Jamie Malarkey when you and I both kind of leaned Malarkey in that fight and yeah. knocked him out in the first round. Bro, looked-
1: that 8, yeah. yeah, that that 8. I mean, landing going the distance with Nazrat and then him coming out and knocking out Jamie Malarkey quickly. I mean, that... That aged really well, and he was Absolutely. super competitive. He landed, I think, 145 strikes in that fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think dude, dude's solid.
0: And you think about – I this is great matchmaking by the UFC because Quinones, where we've seen him struggle regionally, is someone with the submission stuff. He was submitted on The Ultimate Fighter as well. Markel yeah. Maderos, no pr- pro wins or losses by submission. Factory X is more of a striking gym anyway, even though Maderos has gone to some wrestling and some grappling in his regional footage. But, like yeah. – I don't expect him to be a stud in that department. I expect it to be a striking base. And if I got a 15-minute striking match, Quinones coming back at plus 120, shown to be durable. Um, what's the reach looking like? Quinones has one inch of reach here. So, y- you know, you could certainly do far worse from plus 110 perspective. I ended up on both of these underdogs as, like, just I, I would pick them to win outright. So I totally agree with you. If, if we split 1-1 on the first two fights of the night and make a little bit of profit, I'd be totally happy with that outcome.
1: Yeah. 100% we're aligned.
0: Yeah. So, um it, another one a, another fight here at women's flyweight. Uh kind of a another stylistic matchup a little bit here. Luana Carolina Maybe a little bit underrated. She was an underdog in her last fight against someone totally fresh coming off the contender series in Ivana Petrovich. She ended up stuffing all the takedowns, ended up getting the win. We saw her go the distance with Joanne Wood. And then Julia Stoliarenko on the other side here drops down to flyweight, makes a huge statement by submitting Molly McCann as a pretty sizable underdog. She's a little bit of a specialist. Round one arm bars are kind of her thing, like 10 of her 11 wins by submission. Um, most of those by arm bar. That's kind of what she does. Uh, I I think clearly one lady will have an advantage in either domain here. It's just about which side wins out. Um, do you have strong lean here? Because it sounds like I'm very excited for this women's MMA fight, and I'm not sure most others are.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Luana lost to Molly McCann what back in 2022.
0: Yeah, that was the spinning fist
1: in London. Yeah, remember. the highlight. Yeah. Yeah. That that I mean that I feel like that was the knockout that really put Molly McCann on the map. Na- on the <laughs> map, you know, that was like, and then she was such a good fade from that point on it felt yep. like um what are, what are the odds in that right now
0: uh stolyarenko's slight favorite let me see what we got live so it's she's minus 134 so these basically haven't budged it's gone a little bit in carolina's direction but not really um it actually looks, Fandu will do this sometimes, by the way. If you bet a different time of the week, you get a different hold. Like Carolina's plus 110, Stolyarenko yeah. minus 134. So actually both ladies shortened. They're just reducing the hold there um, from what we have up on the screen. So it's about the same. Interesting. It's interesting to me Stolyarenko is favored here. It, I think it's just a clear dual-sided fight. Carolina's going to be the better striker. The concern with her, she's shown good takedown defense, but if she gets taken down, Ariane Lipsky landed a knee bar on her right really tore up her knee that that was yeah. a mean submission type of thing the back fist I feel like Stolyarenko if she's able to get this fight to the ground should be able to get her sequence to in a right spot to get an arm bar or a triangle because Carolina does just doesn't seem super comfortable down there and we saw how that worked for Molly McCann who's a little bit of the same type of archetype
1: yeah what do you think of a violence bet here? I want to see what the number is. Actually, it's, it's I I love it. Yet. It's, uh, it's actually right
0: it's my favorite bet in the fight. Um, I I, I think I saw is coming back around minus one twenty when I saw it some posted somewhere there. It is not. It's a lot shorter than you might think for like a women's yeah. MMA fight here. But what that is is Ranko doesn't have any sort of striking whatsoever. I if you look at her striking yeah. defense, it's it's rancid. Let me take a look here. Forty four percent. She was knocked out by Chelsea Chandler. Like. If she can't get her takedowns going, which is more of a size physicality thing, she struggled with some of that at 135. She has no striking offense whatsoever. She's going to be gassed, charging in over and over again. And Carolina, she's knocked down a couple of UFC opponents, has some power. Like, I want to play this like Stolyarenko round one submission and then tag Carolina 2 3 KO on the back end because we haven't really seen much submission prowess from Luana. So. I really want. I like that dual-sided aspect to violence here. When these ladies are so one-dimensional, so in their element, it's just a matter of Carolina's takedown defense deciding the fight.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's that win over Luby Godinez, man. That's
0: if you remember, Lupi was on seven days' notice for that fight. She had just beat Silvana Juarez Gomez. Yeah, up in weight. Um, and Carolina's pretty big for this flyweight class, five, six. Godinez was giving up a ton of size there. Otherwise, um, maybe I think on a full camp to get to 125, I'm pretty sure Loopy would win.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, you go from good. beating Loopy to then losing the Molly McCann and Joanne <laughs> Wood back to back.
0: And, um, there are other results of hers that are like concerning more so earlier. Like she, she dominated um, in her debut. P- 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 uh, Priscilla Casuero, we saw her against Jazz Divish. She's just totally not not skilled. Carolina had every sort of advantage. I actually thought she was going to be a pretty interesting prospect, but um, I I actually had higher hopes for her in her last fight, given the experience edge she had over Petrovich. It was like a perfect type of fight for her. The difference between Petrovich and Stolyarenko not only do you have UFC legitimized success with takedowns, Stolyaranko has a far better submission record as well if she's able to just get one. So um, I, now that I'm thinking about my, I might have to go round two with Stolyaranko just in case, but you, you, for her division, she converts at a very high clip in the first round. Yeah. It's just uh, something you don't see very often in women's flyweight.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, minus 120, is that under two and a half or fighting not to go the distance?
0: Um, I believe that was under two and a half when I saw it. This book that was not at FanDuel. I don't believe it's come out on FanDuel yet. Yeah, it's
1: not out on FanDuel yet. It reminds me a little bit of uh which fight was it recently? Uh the Pollyanna Viana fight. I think that violence bet was like minus 190 and Mm -hmm. we loved it, but it's like it's still women's MMA, and every time you bet a violence bet, you always regret it. Yeah. But this one's priced a lot better Mm -hmm. and a lot of finishes between the two two girls, not as many as. I think is Via the viana fight but it's it's pretty comfortable and you're getting a better price point on it so mm-hmm. um, i would lean that f- the, the under two and a half in this in this spot
0: yeah and you know how like system bets can appear in different sports like you think like um unranked home favorites in college bat home favorites in college basketball against someone who is ranked like that is a quick system that is proven to be profitable over time yeah. maybe something we want to track here is these women's MMA unders where they're like sub -150 right or like -120 or, or shorter then oddsmakers yeah. are saying, hey, here's plus money on a women's MMA fight to finish within, within the distance. Which side do you think the public is going to smash when the historical trends of this division are all overs? But then there are rare exceptions like a Jillian Robertson, like a Julia Stolyarenko. Stoliarenko, I think she's only gone over. Let's see how many times has she gone over. She's only gone over in three of her seven fights, which is a very low clip for women's MMA. She's much more right. of a finisher than you might expect.
1: Right. No, for sure. So,
0: Interesting. yeah, I, I, I actually modeled that guy. I, I it's about 50 50, which is just about the odds. So, I don't really have any discernible value. The under was what popped up for me, and it's giving Stolioranko about a 27% chance to finish. Carolina yeah. about 12%. That kind of dictates my lean on the money line. If I were going to take it, is Stolioranko just a little more dangerous? Makes sense. Cool. So, um, another. I I, uh, I texted you before the show. I, I said, hey, I'm not sure my research actually helped me decide if I was going to pick fights correctly this week. This is another one where I kind of know what it looks like, but I don't really know what's going to win out here. Jung Young Lee, the Korean tiger, making his UFC debut, coming off road to UFC. You guys know I hate road to UFC. I think it's just oh, most of the prospects that come off of there are a level below maybe traditional American, European, Brazilian, MMA prospects. I, 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 with that reserve, Jung Young Lee probably deserves a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here because he has shown knockout power through there. He has shown elite size here. And then he's taking on Blake Builder, a guy that burned me a lot in his last fight against Kyle Nelson. I don't know if he burned anyone else out there. Builder looked like he was in a great position, but... It became very evident he struggled with Kyle Nelson's physicality. And now Nelson not only beat Builder, he also destroyed the chalk party with Fernando Padilla in the next fight as well. So Nelson is giving these guys problems. I don't know how much I knock Blake Builder for that now in hindsight, but he is a little small for this featherweight class. Great cardio, not going to give up on himself. Um, It is an interesting fight here. I was just wondering if you had one of these guys that maybe you were more impressed with than the other.
1: Yeah, you know what I want to look at in this fight is yeah. uh, the fight to end in round three. Interesting. Either way, either way, so here let me let me pull this up. Um, let's see, he has one, two. Wait, I'm trying to figure out where I had this here. Okay, never mind. I'm I'm tripping right here. I th- I thought I had something written down on the uh, on that on that price point for each guy here, and it was it was just insane. Hold on. Yeah,
0: I yeah uh, I like a violence bet here. Um, I I think I do, which which may be a bit of a surprise for me based on where I thought I started, because Builder is kind of a tough grind you out. He's gone to a decision in his first two UFC fights, but if you go back and watch Builder. He gets dropped a lot, like especially regionally. He he took a jab early from Nelson and never really came forward with that same level of aggressiveness. If you put up the comment in chat, Builder was slow and bad in his last fight. That's the exact opposite of what he can be because he doesn't have size. And that's why you get a fight that looks like it did against Nelson. Couldn't land takedowns, couldn't efficiently land offense the different the problem is jung young lee had a pretty weird fight himself on the road to ufc finale i remember staying up for it at like 2 a.m eastern uh 2 a.m eastern just to see the fight it was the road to ufc finale he was facing yi ja and ja just kept spamming takedown attempts so jung young lee really didn't wasn't able to get a lot of distance striking going was landing good elbows and knees in the clench that allowed him to get the the split decision there um Builder Builder will try that. Interestingly enough, it looks like from some of his social media stuff that he is trying to lean more into a grappling-heavy approach, which would be curious against Jung Yong Lee when Lee showed well with his takedown defense, defended sixteen of twenty-one from Yijia. But again, the caveat there: I don't know how good Yijia is. I don't know how that's going to translate once we get to UFC. But in general, here I'm not going to bet this fight like a side because Lee is the side I would pick. He's larger, younger. Better athlete, has shown more finishing upside regionally. Um, but I think I just would like to tap into builders durability issues, maybe some some grappling issues for that we've potentially seen from Lee in the past. I kind of lean under in this particular fight without a really strong read one way or another.
1: And who who would you give the cardio edge to?
0: But builder for sure. Lee to right. like slow down a little bit.
1: Yeah, and that's what I, that's what I was looking at here because I think if Lee can't get him out in round one or two. I was looking at, like, a builder round three or decision prop. Mm-hmm. Um, him just a win in round three is plus 1,600. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, just just in general. I, I like that because I would say ground and pound. And ground and pound live, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Round three for Lee is, is 11 to 1. Round three for builder is 16 to 1. I don't know why it jumped off the page to me for some reason in this fight. I just might have been more of an intuition thing
0: your gut feelings are like you had that gut feeling about Neil Magny round three in Canada. I dude, box I'm, box so I'm i so
1: disgusted. I i can't yeah. believe I'm just, telling you bro, I, and the worst part is, is even though I didn't put it out on my card before the fight started, I still almost bet it. And yeah. I was disgusted when that hit, because I literally texted you a day or two before. And I'm like, Mike Malott, like, he could gas here. like He's probably going to get him out, but if he doesn't, he could gas. And look yep. how many finishes Neil Magny has in round three in his career. <laughs> and the numbers were ridiculous. And that, to me, was the worst beat. One of the worst beats I've had. There's just no worse feeling than predict them, like, being spot on on something, especially when it's a long shot, and then not playing it or not giving yep. it out. I was so disgusted about that fight, bro.
0: All I will say is that like, it's not that I want to recommend going overboard and wagering on too many things, but you have a gut lean toward Builder. It makes sense practically that we know he's got the cardio advantage. He is always coming forward and pushing the pace. And yeah. it's a small dart that if the durability if the size is a problem, Jung Young Lee probably gets him out of there pretty, pretty quickly. Like he was landing hard punches on Yi Zha. Like Jia was very durable and impressive in that, in that moment. I think, I think Jia's on next week's card. So we'll talk about him again. This is the loveliness that the apex gives us here. Right. But, um, Oh, that's a great question. At Aswaim3 on X or Twitter or whatever they call it now, ASWAIM3, as well as I'm on Fanduel Research, fanduel.com/slash/research/slash/UFC. If you want to find my stuff, I'm sorry to interrupt myself, but I wasn't really going anywhere anyway. Just to say, it's a small stake that you could put on build around three sixteen to one, and you probably will regret not betting if it hits more than the quarter unit that you put on it. Right?
1: I'm I'm gonna read this text I sent to Austin for everyone watching right yeah. now. Yeah. This was on Friday, January 19th, the day before yep, the UFC before, card, right? I literally texted Austin, and I screenshot it and put it on Twitter. I said, bro, Neil Magny round three could be a sneaky fucking play. Mm-hmm. Plus 3,800 on the knockout, plus 5,000 on the submission. Mike Malott's gas tank looked extremely low before he got that club and sub in round two against Fugit. And I literally said that word for word. And Austin said, interesting. I said, Magny has a ton of round three wins. And I said, I, if if he got, if Malak gasses, anything's possible. Right. And I said, I, I didn't play win. it. I didn't play it, so it doesn't matter, but it's just... It's sick. That was thirty-eight to one odds, and I should have played it, Maddie. I said I could see Magny
0: winning round three, but a finish would be wild. It was indeed wild. That was r- ridiculous to see in real time that Malat just kind of hey, shut man, off. Those
1: are the ones back. I have to hit, and I yeah. just I didn't play it. Like, why would I not sprinkle a quarter unit on that? It's just
0: yeah. It's I, crazy, I, bro. I'm sick over it. Bottom line, do a little tape study. Make sure you don't lose your Blake Builder gut feeling if, if you get that because your spidey sense for that is a lot better than mine. Remember, I I don't have any sort of gut feeling. If it's a chin bet, I'm terrible. I'm useless. Yeah. That so um, we got to rely on you for that. But this next fight up, I'm really excited to talk about it. I, I already have it highlighted. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow on my show and as, as well as covering the spread quite a bit. I love this fight from a betting perspective. Themba Garimbo, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's favorite fighter, coming back, coming off a win over Takashi Sato via decision. Remember, he got AJ Fletcher on very short notice. It didn't go well for him. Taking on Pete Dead Game Rodriguez, who's like a little bit of a meme at this point, gets that short notice bout with Jack Della Maddalena that was just wildly lopsided. Like you you see what JDM has become. They should not have sanctioned that with poor Pete here. Yeah. But then in his next fight. Another meme, Mike Jackson, the guy who beat up on CM Punk, right? Pete Rodriguez ended up absolutely stoning him with a flying knee. So, he's felt the highs and the lows of UFC already. Trains out at the MMA Lab with Sean O'Malley, Jared Cannonier, a lot of other good guys out at that gym. Um, interesting fight. I see a, I see smart guys on both sides of this fight. I have a strong lean and I'm just curious about your take on it.
1: Now, so what do you think about Mike Jackson because you know, what four fights in the ufc one win by dq and then three losses including the knockout loss to pete rodriguez yeah and i'm just wondering like is this a spot to sell pete on right like yeah. is that knockout really not mean shit yeah um and is this the bad spot to take him because i'm not high on either of these guys i think i think minus 260 is a tough price to pay here but at yeah. the same time i'm wondering, like. You know, that Mike, that Mike Jackson knockout, maybe it doesn't really mean much.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it does mean very much to me. The reason why I like Pete and I want to give him a chance is number one, the gym, Uh, like uh, the, those guys coming, Marcus McGee coming out of the gym, Mario Bautista. Like it's one of the best MMA gyms in the country feeding talent into UFC. He will have problems in UFC because he can't make his organic weight class at 5'9", which is lightweight. Like, he had that fight with Natan Levy that never came to fruition. He couldn't make it to the scales, and Levy called him a crybaby, if you remember. But, yeah. uh, like, I, he's going to struggle with a lot of matchups in UFC because of that size, because of that physicality. But I was really actually encouraged by his work against Della Madalena on just a few, few days' notice, right? And he landed 22 of his own significant strikes in that first round. He goes out, you know, Jack we know what a good boxer he is at this point, but Pete's hand speed to me, it translates like uh, the Jackson wind doesn't mean anything in a vacuum. Really? Yeah. I I've said this three times. Now I'm going to say it for the third time here. I think Pete Rodriguez takedown defense decides this fight. Maybe it's possible. Themba is too big, too strong, is able to control him. But we also didn't see any sort of submission skill from Garimbo whatsoever against a guy that is a prime submission candidate in Takashi Sato, right? Like Gunnar Nelson got Sato out of there. Plenty of other guys have Garimbo didn't show that. So, I'll take Pete's hands with fifteen minutes to work at plus two hundred on the off chance maybe yeah he gets ragdolled because he's not big enough for that time. But Grimbo forty two percent takedown defense is super hittable. Rodriguez has put out over twenty significant strikes a minute so far. Like um, I think it's irresponsible to not bet Pete Rodriguez by first round knockout. Depending on what it's coming back, on. I, I can't imagine it's shorter than like six to one. At which point. Uh let me see if I can find it. Here. Yeah, it's
1: plus 5 round 1s plus 550 for Rodriguez knockout. Round 2's plus 1200 and round 3's plus 2400. I, I, I was actually leaning 2-3 kind of in this spot. I mean, what do you think about Garimba's cardio and if he does get some early takedowns uh in round 1 and this fight progresses and we still think Pete's hands are live later on like those numbers yeah. are crazy. 12 to 1 round 2, 24 to 1 round 3.
0: Yeah that is, that's actually maddie like that's so i'm so glad you brought that up because everybody that i've talked to this week you can see it in our chat right now is saying pete rodriguez round one knockout that's where the value yeah. is that's where the value is like i'm a little concerned that this is a public dog now some of the money splits i've seen don't don't look that way still a majority of the action on Garembo yeah. here I, that is the angle that might be curious because what is one of mma lab staples great defensive takedown defense Sean O'Malley's got it Jared cannonier has got it like you that's one of the gym staples Rodriguez maybe has to defend Garimbo's advances because he, he's neutralizing his offense early but if he gets tired and he wilts and sometimes I do think he gets tired if you've seen um, some of his other results he's been knocked out before like he has faded into fights Rodriguez at 170 I think will be at least pretty fresh because he's not cutting very much weight at 5'9 like he's probably right. Not cutting very much. He'll probably be decently fresh. That is an interesting angle. And that's how the books take our money. Is that we're all betting round one. And then all of a sudden Garimbo's able to control the first round and Rodriguez maybe, maybe ends up winning via that angle later. So I'm really glad you brought that up because all I've heard is round one KO this week. And it makes me I'm like, I don't know what his other path would be, but I think you just discovered it.
1: Yeah, bro. I mean, I hope that I hope it hits because it's gonna be a great clip for later, but <laughs> <laughs> I want to look at some of, his, some of his fights here before the UFC.
0: I think I'm going – I think all, I to- mean,
1: every every fight has been round one pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't
0: think he's been outside the first round. Every, even
1: almost. his amateur. Yeah. His, he has <laughs> one, one round two finish uh, in, in, in the amateurs in 2019. Um, but literally all of his knockouts, you're talking 10, 12 yes. finishes have been round one. I think the price is just
0: dictating my enthusiasm because if this was like Garembo 130, Rodriguez coming back a little bit shorter than that, I'd really have to think about it. Like his size, the cardio potential issues, because we haven't seen him extended so far, but I get plus 200 just outright on the money line. Uh, let me check what his knockout. uh Knockouts plus two nineties. And then, um, and then, so I probably could do a half line, half unit on the money line, half unit on the knockout, and then probably a quarter unit on, I, I might actually do like an eighth of a unit now on round two and three, given that yeah. I I just feel like round one knockout is, it's sitting there at five and a half to one for a reason. It's been slammed. Now, Rodriguez is shortened a little bit here. He's plus 196. I've seen him up north of plus 200. So yeah. I'll get a little bit of money I might back your angle on that. That's going to be one we're going to have to talk about.
1: But yeah, uh, so Garimbo. So the last one, two, three, four. The last four fights he's lost. Three of them, he was finished in round two. Uh,
0: Pete or Garimbo? Garimbo. Oh, interesting. That is very interesting. Oh, I guess you're right because he survived the first against Fletcher, and then yep. and then the regional. And if result. you can
1: survive the first against AJ Fletcher, who's pretty explosive, yep. I'd like to think he can survive in this matchup. Fletcher's um, kind
0: of a similar build to Rodriguez. Like yeah, yeah.
1: He probably is more wrestling. Exactly. Uh, um, but now here's some crazy shit for you. <laughs> that three of those four fights that I just said, they were all uh, try. They were guillotine choked guillotine choke and triangle choke. Does Pete Rodriguez have any of that in his arsenal here? Because let me pull up these numbers real quick.
0: We, we certainly haven't. We haven't seen it professionally. Like he doesn't have a submission result professionally, but
1: I have 50 to I, one round two submission, 50 to <laughs> one round three submission on Fandle.
0: If he maybe, gasses,
1: it is live.
0: I th- I think that's a good discussion. If if for no other reason than Rodriguez round two is at plus a thousand, round three is is twenty one hundred. That's not that much shorter than just his yeah. knockout. So be safe because like this could be a meme fight in a lot of different ways. And I I was loading up his gym at MMA Lab. What have we seen from Mario Bautista? Like what have we seen? Marcus McGee got a club and seven in his in his debut, right? Like these guys prefer to strike, but they're not. It not well-rounded. And if you could put up the comment, how well does Rodriguez get up from takedowns? He hasn't been taken down yet officially in UFC. I I haven't seen any regional footage of him getting taken down. He's crushing cans regionally, just knocking them out very quickly. But yeah. um, I don't know that answer. I w- I'd feel a lot better if I did. But um, again, yeah. it's, I think the price stick states the action for me. He's my favorite money line underdog on the
1: card. I like it. Uh, again, it's dog or pass for me, so I'm aligned. I would probably play some of these these round I, props um, i i just
0: watching. know he's the value side but you're so right about the round props bro everyone's gonna take a bath on that round one knockout that likes rodriguez I'm that's all i've heard i mean it
1: is him. a good number still plus 550 it is, I mean. it,
0: it is a good number you can only take so much of a bath on it but like when everybody's all on a six to one prop bro how often does it hit yeah
1: <laughs>
0: so we'll we'll move on here i i think we've got a, the another apex special here. As at Maxim, a.k.a. Shobkot's boy at Flyweight, didn't exactly have the most impressive UFC debut, still did get a split decision win to maintain an undefeated 17-0 record. Hard to beat that, right, when the streak column on our screen says 17. Um, taking on Charles Johnson, a guy that's taken plenty of money from you and I, uh, probably his last UFC fight on his contract. If he doesn't win, it's probably his last fight in UFC. He's taking this on short notice. Is it because that he thinks he has an angle to beat Maxim, or is he just kind of a guy that doesn't make good decisions? We'll find out on Saturday. I'm curious what your thoughts here are on this guy.
1: I can't I can't trust him. <laughs> I, can't, I can't trust him at all. I, I don't think plus 150 is anywhere enough near. Mm-hmm. That's not enough plus money for me to even think about taking a stab at him. Um, he is historically pretty durable, though, mm-hmm. and you got to wonder if you would – play the favor here on the decision prop. I want to see what that number is. Well Johnson's um,
0: never been professionally finished, so you're dead on with that.
1: Yeah. Let's see. Let me see what that I want to see what that number comes in at here.
0: Uh plus one ten. So plus one ten yeah. you shorten the juice quite a bit if you go by decision.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want to watch some more footage on this one, but that's where my head's at right now is on the decision prop here. <laughs> I just I can't trust Charles Johnson at all. I mean he has fought fa- I mean, even his knockout win, his knockout win was, his last knockout win was in, was against Jimmy Flick. He fights a ton. He's super active. Yeah. This I, just I, reminds me of a guy that's just collecting checks, you know? <laughs> I mean, be- seriously, January, February, April, November. Like, that's four fights. I mean, he might be. I, I, I would hate to see
0: him go because I thought he beat Ras, Rafael Esteve in his last fight. Like, I think that yeah. should have been a win that went his way. The O'Day Osborne split decision, he, he came on in round three. That could have gone either way a little bit. That What we saw from a guy that he beat, Jalga Zhubagulov, just couldn't get the right end of those split decisions. But, like, I think my big takeaway from my research is that Azat Maxim is really good. And I he got a really difficult matchup for him in his first fight against Tyson Nam. Tyson Nam's thing is like elite defense, 65% striking defense, 87% takedown defense. Those are both t- 90th percentile better in this division. Nam's thing is that he's just not very active or efficient as an offensive striker, but we know the power. Maxim was just not able to get much offense going, as most Tyson Nam opponents are. And he's 28, you know, probably pretty raw, didn't have the right entry. But the thing is, I think this is so much more of a workable matchup for him against Johnson because. What does Maxim like to do? He likes to wrestle a little bit similar to Shavkot. He he attempted however many takedowns. I think it was 12 in his debut. Johnson has just a 62% takedown defense. And it looks like in sometimes in the positions he quits, right? Like against Cody Durden late against Muhammad Makayev got 12 takedowns against him. Those guys were not able to find chokes, but Johnson was able to take bottom position for a long, long time. And I, I, the interesting angle to me, if you don't want to get plus 110 on a decision, maybe you think about a submission is because this is the last fight on Johnson's contract, right? Does he take a chance or two that he otherwise wouldn't knowing he's got to get back to his feet and win in order to keep in UFC. Then if he was fighting against Durden or Makayev with more time in the bank, like that's just an angle that I thought about, but like overall I'm with you. I think Maxim by decision is the play here. And another thing that I want to add, um, usually Charles Johnson has this big size and strength advantage over a lot of the guys that he's fighting in this division. Maxim's really big for this division, too. I, I don't think that there's any sort of size issues as all the reach is identical, and a lot of times Johnson's best work has been with a big reach advantage, sticking right. that jab out with volume, and Maxim is the same size, similar size, and we know he's getting better alongside Shovkot. So I think uh Maxim is a nice parlay piece this week.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And you look at Charles Johnson, another reason I like him to, to, to lose a decision here. Yeah. I mean, he did go three rounds with Makayev, and he, yep. he's able to hold off from getting submitted. Right. So Makayev submitted he... Tim Elliott,
0: right? He submitted uh yeah. and, and Johnson's yeah. just always in the right spot, it feels like.
1: Yeah, I think we just see a control fest here to a boring decision at plus 110. I'm, I'm in on that.
0: Perfect. A great time to walk the dog if we need one. And then we are on to a fight that some of you might laugh at me. This is going to be my fight of the night this week. Molly McCann, Diana Belbita. I am expecting some action between these two ladies. Honestly, Molly brings it like like all the time. Like she's coming forward. She's laying in takedowns. She's exchanging in the pocket. I think this is a good move for her. She's always been a little undersized at flyweight now, dropping down to 115. We've seen this fight before. This was actually Diana Belbita's UFC debut against Molly McCann. McCann won that one via decision. We'll dive into the numbers. But Maddie, the rematch at 115, it is the featured prelim. Is this a spot where Molly gets built back up a little bit? She's not quite over the hill like by age. Or maybe is Belbita improved to a point where she can then turn it around on Molly at a pretty nice betting number?
1: Yeah, it feels like it feels like every card Molly's a two or three to one favorite, and she loses every time as as a heavy favorite. And I don't know how you could back her. I really don't. I don't understand how you could back her in this fight. I think this could be a close fight that goes to the scorecards. just a stand-up match here. Um, And I think that it could go either way. And I think the value side is always going to be on the dog here against Molly McCann. So it's one of those scenarios where, like, you got to prove it to us, Molly, before we can actually put our money on you at this point. I'm not willing to put my money on her. I just... I think it's a smart move for moving down, but you just, you know, I know the size is always an issue, but at the same time, I just felt like it was an ex- more of an excuse, you know, with, mm-hmm. it was like, it's kind of like when she lost that, when she lost that last fight by round one submission, it was, it was almost like it was embarrassing to her. Right. And yes. like with a bar stool and how the UFC is trying to build her up. And then I almost get the, the, my, my gut feeling intuition is like, this is like an escape goat where it's like, Oh, I'm not big enough. I got to move down. Um, And that's the reason I'm getting submitted every time I fight. But I think it's just a lack of skill set. Now, I don't think she's going to need that submission defense in this fight. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm not willing to lay that type of juice on her as as a favorite here.
0: What if I, what if I came on the contrary and I said, Molly's one of my favorite favorites on the card this week? It is like, I agree with you that usually when you have McCann in this position against any sort of well-rounded MMA fighter, it is like you look Stolyarenko submission, Aaron Blanchfield submission, um, Laura Procopio, seven takedowns, Tyler Santos, five takedowns, Jillian Robertson submission. Those are her five UFC losses. Like she can't do it. She can't grapple whatsoever now right. Molly's shown a little bit of offensive wrestling getting like double legs it's all really an American style of wrestling more than um submissions she has 0.5 attempts for 15 minutes I think Molly's trash as far as like a submission is concerned but like when you can get her in a spot where she's going to be able to trade in the bo- pocket I think she's a much better boxer than a lot of these other girls are and that's where she starts to shine like Ji on Kim easily easily won that decision it was a fight of the night hannah goldie knocked her out no problem Luana carolina c- pretty much controlled the in fight. and then you look at this their original matchup i i wouldn't be surprised if the box score looks pretty similar mccann 113 significant strikes and five takedowns belbita 98 strikes because diana throws a lot of volume she puts a lot out there she's very active but she just doesn't have a lot of power right and it will it'll be determined how molly handles this weight cut because at 33, cutting this much weight for the first time, not an easy thing to do. It's it's I I don't am not going to sell you on Molly like for a parlay piece because minus 280, I just don't think it's a very good price. But I do think she's my comfortable win pick to win this fight in a similar fashion to the way it looked the first time. Belbita lack of awesome offensive wrestling, and she's basically a white belt on the ground. I think that is intentional from the UFC to bounce her back up and like. Also, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter yesterday. Belbita at her at press conference this week said, I was thinking about retiring after my last fight until they gave me Molly. So yeah. I I I'm- never like that retirement chatter, even if she especially when she's 27. It makes no sense at all, right? Like, I don't think she's horrible. Um, but even though no,
1: she's, not- no, she's she's really yeah. not. Um uh, I mean, but as much as we don't like the retirement talk, that just you can on the flip side you can be like, well she yeah. loves this matchup and that's why she took it yeah you know, it's a striking matchup and you know bro uh belvita by knockouts plus 1300 interesting what's submission submission is same number plus yeah.
0: 1300 i model I, I bet my model gave belvita submission equity which is just so funny because like yeah. We haven't even seen it, but it's right. just on the back of Molly being so weak at it relative to the rest of the. Yeah, I've right. got I've got three point seven six percent by sub, so probably some yeah. ridiculous long shot. Let's see. Yeah, so there's the math here.
1: I don't think really plus
0: twenty six hundred would show value on sub for me, but I,
1: I, you oh, know, I. There's no value there. Yeah. Yeah, I just um, I I think so this has think four submission something. wins prior to the UFC, I believe. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, four submission wins prior to the UFC. Some random organizations. <laughs> you, who knows who she You
0: know, my problem with Bel, uh, Belbita, she was armbarred by Liana Jojua. She's really fought exclusively strikers since. Uh, Lipsky, World too.
1: Lips back in uh, in 2017.
0: Oh, was that regionally? I was just looking at her Armbar- UFC. She Saturday. was
1: armbarred by Lipsky back in, yeah, in 2017. <laughs>
0: Another, another, let's make the theme of today's show. If you were submitted by Ariane Lipsky, we can throw out the submission bet. We're doing that for Luliana Carolina. We, I think we could do it for Diana Belbina as well, but yeah. uh I I would have to see a pretty ugly way in from Molly to change my position and like if you're talking about DFS like type of things I love both overs and significant strikes if I I've got Molly projected around 120 and Belbita projected around 105 so the the numbers you're going to get in any sort of DFS environment is way over that's why it's my fight of the night is for my DFS side I I think it's a fight you can stack like in FanDuel lineup formats but um it, I I may not be like wild knockdowns up and down that type of thing these ladies probably just going to trade in a phone booth for 15 minutes Ma- molly realized about maybe 80 percent of the way through round one she could take her down and then that's what she did for the rest of the fight i wonder if she starts with that approach which would kind of squash some of that but i still like yeah. this as a striking battle molly molly's a little afraid of the ground and probably for good reason
1: yeah no 100 if either if either chick shoots a takedown who do you think it will be first molly,
0: molly. It, Molly, uh Belbita has a 69% takedown defense. It's not bad. She also hasn't fought someone with that capability in a long, long time. Yeah. Like you remember her fight with Kolokavich. I liked her against Kolokavich. I thought she was younger, she had a reach advantage, but she just didn't make any use of it. And I think it maybe a fight down the road for Molly is Carolina, and and I would probably take Molly between those two.
1: I would um, take Carolina in a heartbeat.
0: Okay, let's let's run it for like UFC three hundred and one. Maddie and I will argue both sides. Yeah, I, mean, I would
1: take I, her. In I, heartbeat. Maddie, I think that's, I, I think saying, that's kind of why I like bell here as a dog because I don't take anything away from her from that loss. Yeah, um, I thought that was a valid loss. I don't, I, I think. I think Carolina just looked really good and, you know, just reminded people like she still got it, you know,
0: I think McCann knocks out Cole Kavich cold. So hopefully Molly gets this win and the UFC matchmakers let us, I uh, mean, if you
1: think she knocks her out cold, then you think she's going to win this fight by knockout? I assume
0: she absolutely could. Um, Not a ton of power, like from a knockdown rate perspective, just 0.30%. But you, you know, when you drop weight class, the sacrifice you're making is strength and power. And for cardio endurance and for you know those type yeah. of things, maybe Molly becomes more of a one shot type of artist here at at 115. What's her knockout prop?
1: Plus plus 470 Molly McCann by
0: by knockout. It's a good number. Um, but the thing about Belbita, she's just so tough. Like I, she's never even really shown vulnerability or gotten wobbled despite some pretty iffy defensive concerns. I feel like her chin is really really good.
1: Yeah, no, I agree.
0: I agree so, with that. Yeah, so think- let's. Let's hop onto the main card. I think we spent way too long talking about Molly McKinnon. Yeah, no. Nah, it's an interesting
1: fight, though, for sure.
0: It is, I think it is. It was one I got to model just because of the data size. This one, not as much. Gilbert Urbina. I, I love the silhouette for Urbina, the double f- fists up. That looks dope Um, for Gilbert Urbina. Really impressive win, even though it was over a cozy brother in his last fight. Really, his official UFC debut after losing the Ultimate Fighter on short notice to Brian Battle. But, hey, Brian Battle's had a pretty nice career himself. On the other side here, Chuck Buffalo certainly didn't make out a fan out of me when flipping off the crowd and calling them a homophobic slur in his last press fi- post fight conference. Although that's not the reason I'm not a fan. It's because his fight was against Blood Diamond It was horrible, just held him it's against Because he robbed
1: team. us of our money. I think we had the what did we have the under or a finish yeah. or something?
0: I had Blood Diamond by KO. I had Blood Diamond. That's Blood right. Diamond
1: I, yeah, it was one of those fights where I think I had uh, I think I had uh, both sides on a fin- yeah. on a finish of some sort, and he just... Held it was his- embarrassing. Yeah, that was a terrible fight to watch.
0: Well, so, you know, I I I was curious about this betting line. I actually expected it to be wider in Urbina's favor, and there are some things going in Radke's favor. Like, do you have a particularly lean when you look at this betting number? Neither of them known quantities by any means.
1: I'll tell you one thing. I... I ain't taking the dog here. He's dead to me. <laughs> he's dead to me after that last fight. I want nothing yeah. to do with him. So this is going to be a rare favorite or pass scenario for me. I just I can't back Chuck Buffalo here.
0: Yeah, didn't it feel like they kind of brought him in UFC to give Blood Diamond a win? That was the Adesanya Strickland.
1: Yeah, draw. yeah. 100%. It felt like they
0: brought it because he's not like a prospect. He didn't come from the Contender series. He really doesn't have that very impressive of a regional resume. I thought they brought him in for blood diamond. And the thing is he fought blood diamond close enough to like have a little bit of drama at the end of that fight. God, yeah. is that a bad indictment for your future in UFC? Yeah. Um, and like, you know, the thing, I think the thing I'm most concerned about with Urbina don't really take a lot away from the Brian battle fight. It was just on a few days notice when he had to replace Sean Gore in, in that. And he went in
1: halfway in the round two on that yep. fight. He went the distance with Sean Brady back in yep. 2018. Yep. Went in the round two with Rashon Gore. Like I, I think I'm, I'm starting to believe this is one of my better favorites on the card here. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to figure out the outcome. I, I want to take him by here.
0: I think uh, Hector Urbina was a UFC fighter. His brother. Um. And so there's bloodlines here in in UFC. Yeah. Urbina's pace in his second fight with Kosi was outstanding. He landed. Uh, let me take a look here. I don't have all this. stuff. He landed 51 strikes about halfway through the second round, landed a knockdown, couple of takedowns, and a submission. It was like one-way traffic from that perspective. And the thing about Kosi, he has more size than Radke. That's what I'm concerned about is just Urbina on a different level with size and physicality. Um, the one concern would be cardio, but it's not like Radke aged super well into that. Into that fight, right? Like, if, if Radke and Brian battle face, battle would be like a minus 1200 favorite. So, oh
1: my gosh! And
0: Lord. I thought Urbina at least had his moments in that first round. You saw the cardio expire, by the way, that was up at middle weight. Urbina is a natural welterweight here at 170. So. I'm agree with you. I think he's the best favorite on the card. Um, and yeah. I think some of this unknown is just because we've seen some vulnerable moments from him, but there was always caveats or context. Like it wasn't the right weight, It was on short notice. Uh, I mean, Treshawn Gore put him out cold. I don't think Radke has that same type of power, to be honest with you. Hell so, no.
1: And um, just look at the competition differ- difference. Yep. You the, know, the, I mean, you can make the argument that, that Gilbert's fault three or four guys that are all better than the best guy mm-hmm. you know he's fought in my opinion is blood diamond
0: the best guy that he's fought
1: probably oof
0: that is that is really got a,
1: a scheduled grappling match with joe Pyfer that got canceled
0: <laughs> I, I i think we can figure out how it would go um, Yeah, yeah <laughs> bro um, i
1: yeah i I want to hammer this honestly I don't even mind paying the juice here on this I think it's sh- I think this should be priced at like minus 350
0: yeah I was uh I, let's see what uh do if we got props I, I I highlighted back in my notes I wanted to circle back to round one and two just because of the sheer athleticism difference um yeah Round pro Erbita, round one plus 290, round two plus 600. I will absolutely take that on a guy that I probably would put closer to minus 300 if I was going to line this fight. He's still got some concerns, but like I just don't see Radkey as UFC caliber. So, no, I agree. So, I totally we'll move agree. on. Look at, look at you and I. We had some good reads in Canada. We had to, it was a good night, got some unlucky breaks, and, and I think we're on the same page quite a bit here today.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the only fight we're really complete opposites is that Molly McCann fight.
0: Oh, do you so do you think you'll bet Belbita in that spot? I
1: think I will. I think I'll, I think I'll bet wow. her. Uh, I just I can't. It's one of those scenarios. And again, this happened just the other week in a different way it was on the Neil Magni round three submission. Yeah. But this is another fight that I would rather lose money betting on than miss out on my read on it. And yeah. until Molly can prove she can beat anyone, I'm going to auto fade her on a, a, when she's a three to one favorite. There's just no scenario where I and i think i think belbita is good bro like that, like that fight against carolina i think she looked solid like I if just...
0: if you and i lived in the same area i would bet you a chipotle burrito you can have belbita's money line i will take McCann by knockout and then the three way would be a push if neither of them happen and i think Molly's <laughs> knockout would be more likely than belbita
1: winning <laughs> uh, how about well, that can, i'm in on that bet <laughs> we can do it remote
0: Sure, we'll do it remote. So, um, next up, kind of an interesting fight. Always an interesting one when we got a Dagestani wrestler involved. That is Alias Gab Kizriev. I knew I was probably going to butcher that name as I will the rest of his UFC career. Here, some weird red flags around Kizriev. We haven't seen him in a while. He made his debut against Dennis Tillman almost two years ago. Now coming back, we thought he dropped to one seventy. Now he's still at one eighty five. Taking on Mahmoud Miradov, coming off one of the more impressive wins of his career, just totally toyed with and ragdolled Bar- Brian Barberena, old man Brian Barbarena up and up in weight. Um, but it was still an impressive win for Miradov. He's had some nice moments in UFC. I think both of these guys are plus middleweights as far as the roster is concerned. So decent fight for the Apex. Just wondering if you have a lean here in this guy.
1: I don't, bro. I haven't. I'm not even. Gonna, I haven't spent a, a second on this fight. So I'll defer to you here. Don't worry, it wouldn't have helped you. Um, (laughs) no,
0: I I think the biggest problem for Muradov is you have a guy with Kizriev's grappling, and Muradov is three and four in his career by submission. We saw him submitted by Gerald Mearshart, started to get tired in the second round. Mearshart got him early, like usually GM3's thing is like round three coming on strong. He got him in round two, and then we saw Mm -hmm. Muradov get pretty controlled significantly by Kyle Baraglio, who I, I know you guys love Kyle Burrell, y'all. I'm not 100 percent sold still with some of the stuff that I've seen from him. It feels very, it feels very strength and athleticism based more than like standout yeah. skill. So I'm not 100 percent sold. I know Kizriev can grapple. Um, his striking peripherals against Taluland were actually really great as well. 64% striking accuracy, 62% striking defense. I know Taluland is a can, but that is right in line with some of the other better guys that have fought him, like Junyong Park. Like you, you name your middleweights that's run through Dennis Tolulin. Kizriev is right there. I think he's pretty good. He is undersized for this weight class. Um, the cardio would be a concern given that I don't think he's in optimal shape if he's still fighting at 185. But Muradov has those same concerns. And you look at Muradov's strength of victory, which I think is an important thing if you're handicapping UFC. It's not about strength of schedule, strength of victory, because you'll get short notice opponents, you'll get things like that. He got Brian Barbarena at 185. So that's actually 30 pounds heavier than Barbarina's fought in UFC. Andrew Sanchez, Trevor Smith, Alessio DiShirico. Nah, like, it's just, it's really hard for me to fade a guy from from Khabib's neck of the world with those type of skills that's shown it on yeah. a high level in Russia. And it's
1: not an expensive price either.
0: No. Well, this line's moved toward Muradov, actually. Muradov was coming back at uh, plus 152 earlier this week. I now got him at plus 126 where he sits right now. Wow, well, yeah.
1: Dude, when you look at Muradov on topology, he just looks like a fucking killer, bro. Like, the picture that's on his topology, I don't know if you can Who? see it. Who? meridoff oh i I, I,
0: well so you know the the funny thing he looks exactly the part he was you know the money team's first mma fighter so like that's kind of an interesting backstory like the Floyd mayweather team he was supposed to be like a big thing hasn't really panned out that way like he does look yeah
1: for sure i mean how many cans is this who fought early he's got 17 knockouts yeah 17 knockouts
0: Honestly, when they come from that Eastern European part of the world, like Uzbekistan is is his native country. Who the heck knows who, who and what he's facing in an MMA setting? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was just looking at the UFC sample. Now, I, I think DeShiriko is probably his best win. Like, DeShiriko knocked out Joaquin Buckley, Um, was favored over Roman Kopilov, even though Kopilov decided he was going to be maybe the best middleweight in the world a little bit. Um, it, it, Probably in the middle of that fight, actually. But... um. I'm still not impressed with that. Like I don't know how much more impressive DeShirico is than Dennis DeLulin.
1: Yeah. I'm getting I'm getting decision vibes here. Interesting. Or Merov loses
0: a decision. What uh what's the shortest is the shortest outcome in the fight uh Kizriyev by submission? I, I assume it would be. Oh, it's actually hmm. by points plus two eighty. Submission is plus three fifty. Um hmm. Muradov by decision is plus 350. That means our over here, over two and a half rounds, minus 102. So about 50-50. I kind of like a violence bet at, at that number. If I can get under two and a half rounds at minus 124. Um, just a lot of questions around Kizriyev Probably fighting at the wrong weight class, hasn't fought in two years. You know, is he going all out early for the sub? And then if Miradov survives, is he in better condition to take advantage late? Like when yeah. I've got this much unknown, I would not have expected the under to be greater in this position.
1: Yeah, a lot of question marks here. I want to take some time and and and, yeah. and take a deeper dive in this fight, watch some footage. Um, but I think this, this could be this could be an entertaining fight, though.
0: Yeah, that's true. I uh, it's it's funny. Um, I, in the comments, Austin always loved violence. Loves violence. But number one, I do love violence. But also, I'm about to disappoint you because I like three of the four. Fights to come to go over, so I'm actually mm. I'm actually lame. I think a lot of times the public side is the under because people are rooting for violence. 100%. I like contrary in violence bets. It's, um, uh, the
1: under bets in the UFC is the over of NFL.
0: Yes, correct, 100 yeah. the same. So speaking of it, over or at least one that feels like one, almost certainly to me, we got a ranked flyweight battle on tap here. Natalia Silva proved me dead fucking wrong against andrea lee i thought lee was good value in that fight natalia silva made her look like an amateur kickboxer stepping in there for the first time at just 26 she is just rising the ranks put put back now two ranked opponents Viviana ujo potentially a third year on the other side um i was big on you in her last fight i said our ujo by decision our ujo by decision we barely squeaked that one out against jennifer maya um I think now's the time I'm hopping off the train. Silva, I think she's the biggest favorite on. She's the biggest favorite on the card. Um, do you like a dog shot here? Because I would want to hear your argument as to why. I feel like everybody in the collective MMA space thinks Natalia Silva's for real.
1: I think she's for real. I think she's a, a kind of like a little star in the making here. Um, I think she just got that it factor, you know. Like, yeah. um, I think she's really, really solid. I do. I mean, it does. It is tough though. I mean plus two fifty on the dog here. <laughs> He's gone the distance of the man Alexa Grasso, like five rounds against Alexa Grasso. Like you know, she actually took her down twice. Um, but no, it's it. it this is a tough one for me, but I, I ultimately lean silva here, but I'm never gonna pay that price. So
0: yeah, it is it is also women's MMA with a total that is probably also the highest on the card. Let me take a look, look what it came back yeah. on FanDuel. Uh, over two and a half rounds sitting at minus 310. So like, it's really hard to cover a fight like at a price that feels comfortable if you're at minus 350. And this is probably a step up in competition. Like Araujo handled Andrea Lee. So it probably is. But the thing about Vivi, I feel like I'm selling because she's 37 and her, her whole game is based on wrestling physicality. That's why I liked her against Jenny Maya because Maya's takedown defense was in the 50s. It's not very good. Natalia Silva's 92%. She made Jasmine Jazz stand and trade with her the whole time. And I, I think that's that's where the star element comes into me is yes, her striking is very impressive. Plus two point nine seven striking success rate, but the takedown defense. I mean, I I will be hard pressed to believe we don't have some sort of Natalia Silva bet in the parlay that we craft on the show this week because I just I think she routes Araujo. It might be one of the more convincing wins of her career when Andrea Lee was absolutely overwhelmed at distance. Vivia has struggled there already. You look how Araujo did against Amanda Hebos. Uh, I, I I'm pulling up the official stats, yeah. stats now. Amanda Hebos minus fifty something striking differential, right? At minus fifty two, outstruck at distance pretty handily by Jennifer Maya. Um, you, you, uh, Alexa Grasso was definitely a step ahead, even though she's the champion in this division. But Grasso was a different matchup in that Alexa's takedown defense is imperfect. Natalia's is and I think Natalia would be a really tough matchup for Alexa Grasso or Valentina at this point as well like um I had my doubts entering the Andrea Lee fight Lee is one of the more efficient strikers on in my world in this division Natalia shut me up and and I am a believer and I think minus 350 is is it horrible to pay now will i rush to it not necessarily i parlayed her in urbina for two two plus units earlier this week um came back like minus 115 or something like that um i i thought it was fine i and and i wanted to get that in there knowing those lines would rise
1: I like it bro so like
0: we're pretty aligned on that one. Um, yeah. We've talked about this fight before. It was actually canceled after our show back in December. It was This was initially going to be on the card you went to out at UFC 296. Randy Brown got sick, so it got canceled. We ran it back here. Um, just so the people at home know if they weren't with us that night, we were a little bit split on this fight. It's a weird fight. I actually was thinking about on the drive home yesterday. I was thinking about a different angle I might take in this fight, but... Um, just curious about your thoughts on a refresher now that we're going to re-rack it a couple months later
1: Yeah, randy brown's kind of like just a guy that I can't really figure out bro. Yeah I think like the talents there the skill set he's got great length mm-hmm. great reach like I remember what, what what was which fight I was at the, the Oliveira gagey fight. That's the one I saw him live. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right and I remember that fight, and I think I took him as a dog in that fight. Yeah. He was, and he cashed. Um, But, you know, I mean, he, he goes up against Jack Della and gets subbed. Like, he was just outmatched there. I think he's solid. What's his number here? Minus 250?
0: Yeah, and it yeah. is shorter. He was minus 310 or so when we got him in December. So it is shorter now, probably because he got sick, right? Like, you never know what the conditioning is going to look like. So it is shorter.
1: Right. Yeah, and I mean, Salakov hasn't really... You know, like he, he finished Andre Fiallo in round three, but everyone kind of is, is finishing Fiallo at this point. Yeah. The Nicholas Dolby loss looks a lot better on paper now that, you know, Dolby goes out and, and, uh, and fraud checks. What's his name? Bonfim. Yep. That was a crazy <laughs> fight to watch. I mean, that yep. was an absolutely crazy fight. Um, but this is tough for me. I, I in a on I definitely favor Randy Brown here. I don't know that I'm willing to pay minus two fifty though. I think that's a tough price to, to get behind. Yeah, I um, I
0: you know I I've been thinking about this and thinking about it, and it feels to me kind of like everyone's consensus this week is that Randy's not going to cover this number. Um, but the thing that I wanted to keep in mind is that while Randy's probably pretty neutral to what we've seen, this is probably going to be the worst version of Salikov we've seen to this point. He's almost 40, like two extra months off is a big deal. When you get into that sphere of potentially being washed in MMA, we yeah. saw he was a favorite against uh, the leech, Lee Jingliang back in Long right. Island a couple years ago, ended up getting knocked out. I-, I think Lee was way better, the more dominant athlete that night. And then you look at some of his recent wins around that. Like, you know, the, the Dolby was not a win. Andre Fialio has aged really poorly. Francisco Trinaldo is old as hell and a lightweight as well. Um, right. Zaleski Dos Santos is, I, I mean, pretty good win, but Zaleski also had a plus six striking differential. So Muslim hasn't fought a really high-level guy in a while. And Randy Brown, you you look at the, the – I think he's seven of his last eight as far as wins are concerned. Maybe um, – let's see. Yeah uh the, he's, he's been a yeah. meme victim right like jack della got the club and sub in in australia so that was on jack della's turf vincente luque got him with the knee that was it, it might have even been a grounded knee by by technical standards based on how that arnold allen fight looked but yeah. um and then nico price got him with the hammer fists from bottom but like all those guys are multi-time winners all, none of them are embarrassing losses I actually have an angle here that I think I'm going to take, and I got to change my article on FanDuel Research, is that okay. I kind of like Randy Brown by submission here. Um, a, Salikov is a base striker. He has gone to his wrestling in spots where he had a size advantage, but I feel like Randy Brown's submission game is so underrated. If you remember, he got a one-armed guillotine of Cowboy Oliveira. uh um, yep. got a triangled Warley Alves. Like, yeah. Um, I it's very curious to me when you look at the individual results of this fight. Brown by points is plus 125. I think we're all in agreement there although my model actually sees value on the under in this fight and so I start thinking about how would it potentially happen? Uh Salikov was finished on the ground by Jing Liang. It was ground and pound, but it was not a submission, but Randy's got those big long arms for this division and we've seen it before. Um I could see like a mounted guillotine, I could see a triangle, I could see a head and arm choke like and Salikov if he is not, if Salakov is not landing power shots to chest Randy Brown's chin, I think Brown wins this running away just about any way he wants to. Like, that's why I think a lot of people like Salakov is because he's got the power element. I look at his, um, let me check his knockdown rate in the model here real quick. It's pretty, it's pretty good. It's not like, oh, imposing it's 0.87%. So elite in UFC is about 2%, 087 percent's decent power. But I don't think Brown is chinny just because he got knocked out by Vicente Luque, by Jack Della Madalena. I don't see this guy as chinny. In fact, I'm yeah. not sure Wellington Turman in his last fight didn't have more power than Salikov will push in 40. So I like Brown by sub here. And, and the favorite everyone says isn't going to c- cover, I like Brown by sub, and maybe it's quick.
1: Yeah, this this I'm so torn on this fight, bro. I yeah. mean, because Salikov has some good wins too. Yep. Like the Dos Santos win. Francisco Trinaldo. I mean, Fiallo's—he's okay. I mean, I, I know people like he's chinny and whatnot, but yeah. he was—he dominated that. He dominated. I mean, Fiallo was a really good striker. Yeah. You know, say what you want about his durability. Yep. But Salakov so outlanded him fifty-six to seventeen before getting that round three finish.
0: Yeah. Um, I, you know, I,
1: and like I just think he's—he's he's an underrated guy. I mean, he beat Dos Santos. That was back in two thousand twenty. I'm torn with this fight. I do like your your submission angle, though, a lot. I think yeah. that makes a ton of sense. Salakov was submitted back in 2017. Um, the number's pretty good on it. Randy Brown's got a few submissions. He's got some sneaky... He's got some sneaky submission games, so I think that's a cool angle here. I would look at that, but I don't think I could. I definitely couldn't back his money line in this
0: spot. Yeah, that's dude, sure. you you look at Salikov's level competition in UFC. Nick Dalby, no submission danger. Fialio, nope. Li Liang doesn't average very many submissions. Trinaldo, not really. Zaleski, Dos Santos, no. Lariano, Serapoli, yeah. no. Nordine Taleb, Ricky Raimi. like these guys are all base strikers randy's really the first guy that he's faced in ufc that has legitimate tangible ufc success with submissions and like i i think i would love to see randy lean more into his wrestling and grappling if he's going to advance because he is a little chinny and he is a little bit taller but the thing he does have he's got those big long limbs for trips and along the cage and things like that i'd like to see that pivot from him and i think he might be able to find the rankings if he did
1: yeah cool so like
0: let's it. move on to the co-main event it is a banger yeah. these next two fights coming in are bangers i gotta this give is it to people,
1: you. this is the people's main event right here
0: yeah they, we got a high level ranked lightweight fight and we are all in on it i can't wait to hear maddie's thoughts Hinato money moicano taking on drew dober a couple of guys that have won in ufc they both had some bad moments in ufc like these guys are total veterans total pros pros um a little bit of a clash in styles here but i think both guys are Decently well rounded, okay. Um, and so that you don't have a particular lean there. Moicano's taken a lot of money this week. I, he, I know he was minus 130. Has he really? Yeah, he's minus 130. Everyone's
1: talking about Drew Dober as a dog, but yeah, again, what people talk about on social versus what's actually bad. I know are two different things,
0: yeah. And so Moicano now almost a two to one price tag. I think you're getting to the point where I understand the Dober argument quite a bit. Like, um, do you have a particular lean in this guy? Because I've already bet it. I put it out on Twitter a couple weeks ago. Just curious, uh, curious what your angle is here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know people that are hammering Moicano here. Like, I mean, how do you really feel about his takedown accuracy? <laughs> <laughs> and like him getting this fight to the ground, I feel like Dober is a vet. I feel like he's gonna keep this fight standing. He's lot li- honestly, I and I also don't think Moikano is as chinny as people think. Yeah. Like I think there's two extremes on this fight, right? Like most people are like, oh, Moikano's gonna get a fight to the ground and submit him. Or it's like, okay, Dober's just gonna knock him out on the feet. Um, I could see a world where this fight goes the distance. I, was I know know say, not-
0: that sounds like a cheeky over when you say it like that.
1: Right, right, hundred percent. I want to see what this number is, but like, I could see a world where Drew Dober wins a decision here. Um, let me see what that number's priced at. But the fight to go the distance plus two fifty. Yeah, you know, just
0: like based on landing harder shots for Dober is yeah, just know. like
1: doing more on the feet, landing landing the bigger power yeah. shots. Um, I mean, I look at Moicano and like, you know, he's had some knockout losses, but even in the which fight was it? The, the Rafael Fazeev fight. Yeah. He wasn't. That was a crazy combination that put him out. And he wasn't out. Like, he recovered and the ref stopped it. I don't want to say it was an early stoppage. Um, but that was just a nasty combination. Yeah. But then he, you know, he goes five rounds against RDA. Um, You know, and outside of the the Faziv knockout, you know, mm-hmm. Korean Zombie, who obviously packs a crazy punch. That was back in, in 2019. Yep. The Jose Auto one is, is tough, right? Um, just cause out is not a guy that has like crazy, crazy power, but
0: I don't wait, know. Wait.
1: I don't know that drew Dober is going to come in and starch him. And I also think that, you know, I mean, drew Dober's takedown defense is only 56% is, is about 56%. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, five of those takedowns were against Brad Riddell, Islam got three of them, but like Dober hasn't, he's only been subbed by Benil Dariush and Islam, like if yeah. you're gonna get subbed by guy like by by opponents, those aren't bad, uh, and that's recent, right? If you, if you really go back to like 2016, 2015, like yeah, there's some submission losses back there, but I just feel like at this stage in his career, I don't see him getting just taken to the ground by Moicano and and, and submitted and wrapped yeah. up. What, what are your thoughts? Um. I, I
0: certainly think it's possible. I now I will say I want to hear your thoughts on this comp. I feel like Renato Moicano. If you've ever been to Walmart and you see like the great value brand, I feel like yeah. Renato is great value brand. Charles Oliveira because it's a very similar story. In 2020, yeah. he's fighting at featherweight, moves up to 155. I think it's helped his durability. Fazeev was a tough fight. Two fights into your light wave late career, like you said, the stoppage wasn't perfect and. Moicano has moved up and I think he's been better for it and he's just gonna be stronger. We kind of saw this with Poirier as well. The more 155 camps he's got, you know, the frame is larger, the it's more filled out. And so yeah, I certainly think that he had a similar leap to Oliveira, where he was able to use his speed and he's got great submission skills, 0.7 attempts per 15. But we saw him just wrap around Alexander Hernandez like a boa constrictor. Um he submitted some Brad Riddell as well the Rafael dos Angeles fight was taken on five days notice. So I, I don't know how much you even want to hold that against him. And he still went the full distance. Um, the thing that I want to remind you and anybody he got else, peppered
1: up though that he got pieced okay. up that whole fight.
0: I, I think that's honestly why he's had a bit of a layoff is he took a ton of damage in that fight. Riddell was pretty easy money for him, given the gap and submission equity that he had there. And then I think he's been off for a bit. Like, Dober is not a guy you want to take a bunch of damage and then go fight, right? 1.11% knockdown rate. Like the thing is, I don't think Moikano's chin is bad. He's got an elite 60% striking defense. And I fired two units on this at minus 136. It's now way out of the value range of my model, which I've got him at minus 150. So it would actually lean Dober at this number, but.
1: You got two uh, units on Moicano at minus 136? 136,
0: yeah. So I got a good number, which is basically a death sentence in UFC anyway. I mean, you can
1: just throw two units on Dover now and and take your pennies (laughs) to the cashier. (laughs)
0: Maybe maybe so. But like, um, I, I think the biggest thing with Dover, three and four in fights where his opponents have landed multiple takedowns submitted by... Um, Islam Makachev, Brad Riddell landed five takedowns to beat him. Uh oh Olivia Oban Mercier, Benny Dariush got the submission. The thing about Dober is he fades into this unranked level of competition where guys with bad striking defense, maybe like a Terrence McKinney, like a Ricky Glenn, he is able to clean up on those guys because he's a more efficient striker and he's got an obvious power advantage. Then he gets into the rankings and he struggles with takedown and submission defense. And that's, I think Moicano's approach totally dictates this fight because if Moicano's ready to stand, Drew Dober is not only live, but he's probably favored in this spot I don't think Moicano's out of the woods in a striking match, but I think Renato would be best served to take a submission-heavy approach. He's plus 160 by sub on FanDuel. It's a very, very short number, and I think the reason very why— short,
1: bro. Amy I mean, even when Dober fought Islam, it took the round three to get that submission yeah. for Islam. That's you when know?
0: Islam was like a point fighter, though. You know, like Islam had right. that run of decisions early in his career. I'll tell you
1: one thing. Why is this over? Over one and a half is minus 102. I love that over. I love that over.
0: Yeah, interesting. That is
1: interesting. I absolutely love that over. I, I just, I don't get it. I mean, why is that number, why is it over one and a half not like minus 150, minus 170? Like, why does everyone think this is going to end in the first round?
0: All of these numbers put together, Moicano's money line moving up, the total so low, it smells like another Moicano round one sub, which is what he did to Riddell, which is what he did to um to Alexander Hernandez. Like I think I, don't I see think. That I, at all. I and feel like is a better grappler than Drew Dober is, though. And so just from that perspective, Dober's takedown defense, 56% is pretty poor. The caveat being, of course, he's fought Islam. He's fought Benny Darius, so it's not it, its not all the same. But I feel like Hanato's kind of on that level where he's a really great grappler and it made it look really easy in those spots. I, I thought Moicano was going to be one of my most certain win picks. That said, I am blown away that this line movement is so stark. It is really
1: interesting yeah 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 no i get it I, I my favorite play is definitely that over i just don't believe that with where drew dober's at in his career i can't i have to believe that he's done enough defensive grappling and training that yeah. he can survive seven and a half minutes against Moikano when he survived 12 minutes against islam makashev or eight or nine minutes against benil dariush like and that was years and years ago right and You know, I just don't see a world where he just goes out and gets submitted in that first round. If that happens, then take my money. You know, so I I love this over one and a half. I also have to believe that he's not going to be as aggressive. You know, on the flip side, to seek a round one finish because he's going to have to be more cautious defensively and not, you know, if he's just marching forward and throwing, you know, he he's gonna he could get taken down a lot easier. So I think we're going to see a more patient Drew Dober early. Um, I think Moicano is going to go pretty grapple and heavy, but I don't see him being successful enough to get takedowns that early or maybe like late takedowns, maybe, maybe takedowns late in the first round where Dover's able to survive. But yeah. I love this over one and a half. It, it almost scares me that the numbers is is isn't minus one fifty. Yeah, I I I like the over as well. I've
0: got fight goes the distance at plus one twenty. It's plus two fifty on FanDuel. So I'm I'm crazy putting, number, bro. Like, it doesn't my number sound like kind of more what you'd expect in like a ranked lightweight fight, like where where Dober, like you said, it, he hasn't really been a let's see. I don't think he's got like any one and done submissions on his record. Second round with Benil Darius. Second round with Olivier. Oban Mercier, maybe, maybe my angle because I was looking to play Moicano by sub. Maybe I do play round two, three sub because of, of that discrepancy where Dober really hasn't been s- taken down, submitted right away. Round two sub for Moicano plus 850, round three sub plus 1600. Like, I those can two- get
1: behind that, bro. Round three sub plus 1600. Like, because again, if he comes out and just goes crazy, grappling heavy. And he actually has the gas tank to do it, I could see yeah. Dober fade in the way he did against, you know, Benny or Islam. Yeah. But to think he's gonna come out. I mean, I'm looking on some DFS apps, seven minutes is the over under on fight time. Like I don't get it, bro. I, I don't get it. I, I love I, this over. Um, I, I, I can think, definitely get behind Moicano round three sub. I think I'm going to play that number too.
0: I I think you. I think you and I are kind of on the same page. I've got Dover twenty nine point three percent to win a decision. Moicano sixteen point three. So I've got more decision equity with Drew. Um, but then I've got Moicano twenty three point two one percent to win by sub, which is a big number for me. Uh, yeah, it's like basically plus two fifty. Which I mean, is- bro.
1: I think I've. I think I found out what I'm playing on this card. I'm going. At least one and a half or two units on that over one and a half rounds yeah. then I'm gonna take a sprinkle on both sides on a round three finish so round three because look if Dober's down 20 going in the round three because he's just getting out grappled he's searching for that finish late and on the on the flip side if Mocano's wearing him down yeah going in the round three you know yeah. maybe there's a world where Dober has to gamble to you know find a finish or get out of a bad position and he gives yeah. up his back or something. So I think when you look at round three here, I think there's a lot of upside. So round three for Moicano on the submission is 16 to one. And yep. then for Dober on the knockout is okay. 17 to one.
0: Good. I was gonna tell you just take the knockout because I was gonna say I, we, I will do our next show with just a mustache. I will shave my entire beard if Dober submits Moicano. It ain't fucking
1: happening. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like now I do do you think though that Moicano because he has no knockouts? Yeah. But do you think there's a way where he could get just some crazy top control? Kind of like a uh, Roman say, right? Like you get these submission attempts and these great yeah. control on the ground, and then you just get this ground and pound. I mean, bro, Ro- Wait, Tana, you- round three knockout. 50 to one if he gets like a ground and pound there.
0: Yeah, but but not even ground and pound. How could you rule that out when Matt Frivola, who we like, you know, Frivola is a guy that showed a bit of power, but he is a less efficient striker on paper than Moicano. Now, we haven't really seen a lot of power from Hanato, but... Again, weight class changing difference with that. Maybe Dober's 35. You know, maybe the chin just has too many miles. We saw Terrence McKinney almost knock him out. frivola did knock him out. Like, I don't think you need just ground and pound to justify a knockout shot. I think it is possible that Moicano. Maybe yeah, I just think
1: out. his chin has been cracked once in his career. And yeah. for us to think that Moicano, a guy who has no knockouts, is going to crack it. I think it's going to have to be a ground and pound. But you could be right. I could be dead wrong on that. I just love that round three upside. I love this over one and a half. I would be shocked if Moicano takes. I, I think that would you say? I believe there's a better chance that Dober starches Moicano in round one than Moicano submitted him in round one. I just don't think that. I happen.
0: totally disagree. I I don't think I i cannot based on looking at my data which it, like Dover 1.11 percent knockdown rate again it's very good it's above well above average for the division it's yeah. not like elite and Moikano has great striking defense i don't think i don't think Dover has any knockout equity in this fight to be honest with you
1: yeah. I mean, to be clear, I, I wouldn't take either one. I'm just yeah. saying I don't think Khan is going to come out and, and sub yeah. Dober in round one. It's it, it kind of
0: you. You've opened my eyes in some cases to looking at historical durability. And the fact that Dober hasn't been submitted in the first round is really interesting. I, like you take that away. I really don't think there is any round one equity in this fight whatsoever. So yeah. over is an even stronger argument, in my opinion.
1: And, and what was Bobby Green's numbers, like, in comparison to Moicano defensively? Because uh, we saw that fight play out, right? Like, Dober yeah. could not land for shit. Bobby Green was outboxing the whole fight. But yep. then it just takes one left hand, and he's out. Moicano is
0: actually very similar uh, to Bobby on paper where Bobby 52% striking accuracy, Moicano's 47. So he's a little bit behind Bobby green, 62% striking defense, Moicano 60. He's a little bit behind the, the thing that won that for Dober is that Bobby has this bad habit of getting pinned against the cage and not keeping his footwork properly. And Moicano is much more of like a, if he is backed up into a corner, Moicano is very aggressive with his footwork. Like he, he wants either the center or he's looking to get, just get into the clinch and go against the cage. Cause he thinks he's going to win there too. He doesn't get stuck on the back foot very often.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Great fight. I, I mean, great fight. I, I think I'm it's huge for
1: this guys. one. This is a great matchup. Yeah. I, I think that could be the main event. Truthfully. I think yeah, that should I, be the main event.
0: Moicano said the same thing on his show. It's like, I should be, you know, I'm not saying it, I should be, the main I, event. I event.
1: think it's a way it's, Personality-wise, yeah. I think stylistically, I think I think it's 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 the fight of the night for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, hey, UFC sees big boys with rankings and says, Hey, you want a main event? I, heck they might give one to Chris Curtis, like he's asking for, which God help us all if we get a five-round sparring match in an Apex game with <laughs> <but> Chris <laughs> Curtis. But we got the same division here. Middleweight's actually a guy coming off a fight against Chris Curtis. That is Nasser Denay Imovov from France. Uh, weird headbutt ended that fight, but there was no doubt who was going to win it if it went all 15 minutes. That was Nassar Imabov, who also fought Sean Strickland. And then Roman Dolidze, this weirdo from Georgia that just somehow keeps charging forward and winning UFC fights like... I was skeptical of him dropping to middleweight from light heavyweight. He's done that. No problem. He took you and I's money like crazy against Jack Hermanson. Like Roman Deleze doesn't make a lot of practical sense as a fighter. So I'm excited to see him in a main event. I think he's earned it just from all the up and down and fun results. Um, I, I think this is a pretty good fight too, even though I yeah, like I'm with you. Maybe the last one should have been the main event, but a uh, good fight here. What are your initial thoughts on Imabob versus Deleze?
1: Yeah, I think I think the line's spot on. I I, I agree that Litse should be the dog. I think he's a live dog in this fight. Yeah. Um, he's a brawler, bro. He's a brawler yeah. with good submission abilities. Yeah. Um, I mean, even evolve, you know, if he fights smart, he's probably gonna win the decision here, truthfully. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to bet against Roman Delice, bro. I mean sure. he, dude was on a tear before that Marvin Vittori fight. And, you know, a lot of people think he could have even won that Vittori fight. Um, I do have my concerns, right? When you look at Vittori and you see how many t- You see Jared Cannonier land 240 shots against him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Delice can only land 71. I mean, yeah, you know, Delice obviously not a volume guy, you know, relative to Cannoneer. And, um, you know, I'd like to see him win that Vittori fight for me to have confidence in picking him as a dog here. But... If I had to pick here, I still do kind of lean him, lean his side as a dog here. I think he is more finishing equity, obviously. Um, and I think you know, I just there's something about him, I think he's the real deal. Like, I don't know if he's in the lead say, I think he's the lead say. I think he's you know, I mean, Phil Halls, you know, everyone's finishing Phil Halls, but you know, it's not even as the opposition he's faced, it's just kind of more about how he's done it, you know. But both these guys, if you go back, like Trevin Giles fight, you know Deleite lost that fight. But then you look at Ievov, you know he loses the Phil Hawes, right? Um, On I think on a split decision. Yeah. Whereas Deleite goes out and finishes him, right? Um, I don't know. This I'm a little torn on this one. Uh, I will say one thing, and it might not be this fight, but in future fights, there is going to be crazy value on these Deleite by submission props because he should have so many submissions, but they end in ground and pounds or like different scenarios here. Right. Like I just feel like, you know, for as dangerous as this guy's BJJ is, he has zero submissions in the UFC zero. Yep. So, you know, from, from your perspective as someone at FanDuel, like, what do you think about that? Because do you believe that like odds makers are literally, there's more, you, I mean, you can't make that number anything crazy. You know, or you can't make that number too short with a guy yeah. that you know doesn't have any submission wins, right? So you're automatically gonna get, in my opinion, you're automatically gonna get a higher number than what you the what I believe his real value of getting or his real chances of getting a submission is. So like right now, I, I think it was plus what was it, plus four seventy. Let me let me pull this number up. But the lead say by submission is you say by submission plus 500 is plus five hundred, so yeah. five to one odds yeah. on a submission with a guy that's super dangerous. And honestly, we kind of feel like that's his path to win. Yeah,
0: I. You know what's interesting is that you would say how do you, you know where do you set that number? It really is based on activity with with professionals. And so, what do professionals look at when they look to bet a guy by a specific method when props initially drop? Right. You look at the submission attempts per fifteen minutes. That's a metric that I live in. One point seven for Zay. Curiously enough, Imavov is actually at one point seven as well. Um, wow. Even though I don't think him as like a grappling guy, that's why my model has them as like equally likely to land a submission because they have the same amount of UFC submission wins. That's they have the crazy. Same of- where,
1: where does the, all that volume come in at for from- uh,
0: me? So people. those submission attempts for Imavov were empty, just like Zay's, But I think they were like, um, let's see. So he had two against Buckley, four against Shabazian when Shabazian was like totally fast. Yeah.
1: Shabazian, yep.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, the thing about Shabazian is we know the deal with him, right? The gas tank just is not... So he got to that two, two, one and a half round marker and, and Shabazian was done for and he was just trying to get him out of there. To yep. me, it speaks volumes he didn't submit Shabazian in that spot. It's a, It doesn't appear something he's super comfortable with. Like, I anecdotally would give the submission edge to Roman, but... Or... Quickly, like high level thoughts on the fight. I modeled this, and I actually really agree with my model in this spot. It's got Imavov at fifty one point three percent to win. So technically, the betting value is on Dalidze. It per the model, um, but I agree that maybe you f- favor Imavov a little bit on age. You favor Imavov a little bit on striking prowess. The thing about Deleuze that drives MMA fans nuts—he almost fights like like a grizzly bear trying to maul his prey, where he's just clubbing hands at people and just mauling them against the cage. And like he got Jack Hermanson in that calf slicer position—it's not pretty. It's not always super technical, but he is. So yeah, you know, remi-
1: he reminds me of like a, a Du Duplessy.
0: Exactly. Yeah, Dricus is a better boxer, but um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that same type of come forward pressure, not afraid. Deleuze hasn't had any durability issues, and actually, Roman fifty five percent striking defense, pretty good on paper. So it's not like he's a he's a punching bag. And if you remember, they flashed the live odds on his fight with Marvin Matoyi. Deleuze was a favorite late in that fight. He was like minus two eighty is a favorite, right?
1: Oh, well, I remember because I had him. I was holding a ten to one ticket. Yeah. In Las Vegas. On Delete by decision. Or wait, wait, which fight? That was, uh, yeah, the Vittori fight. Yep. Yeah, I, I had a video that got, like, a million views because of it. I'm holding uh, a Roman Delete by decision. It was $1,000 to win $10,000. And I, some of the BR betting guys were with me. We were all at Circa in Vegas. Yeah, We're, like, counting our money. Like, we were just sweating the third round, like, no finishes, right? Like, just go so- the distance. Yep. we weren't even thinking about the fact that he might not get his hand raised. We were like, just let this fight go the distance, and we're good. And then he he doesn't even get a split decision. It was unanimous. They gave it to yeah. Vittori. and I was blown away because I thought he easily won two of the three rounds. Yep, not off of volume, but off of actual damage. Yep. Um, and Vittori just wears it so well. Like, yeah, you He's know, and team. he out he outstruck him. And but I was the value was it was such a good value play though that that ten to one. You almost yeah. wonder, like this is a five rounder. and now, I was super the- durable, right? Yeah. What well, <laughs> I mean, what does that number come in at? Yeah, you know, my decision only plus six fifty. That, that's yeah. That's terrible. you know what's,
0: what's interesting is like I had a hard time because I'm very far off from the market. Yeah. I told you my fight, my model has trouble with these five rounders, but I've got this fight sixty six point four percent to go in the distance, and I. Understand how that happens for both guys. Imbabov, his path is really easy to see, right? He stays on the outside, doesn't let Delize take him down. He's able to win on points, just out striking him for 25 minutes. Imbabov against Phil Hawes got taken down and controlled a lot of that fight. He seeded four takedowns in that fight. Delize is a very efficient wrestler. So Roman could control several rounds with his wrestling. Now, Vittori, elite takedown defense, wasn't able to get to that part of his game. I'm not so sure Imovov is in that same category. Yeah, um, And, and like, that's, that's one, that's why my model. Yeah,
1: say that again. You think, you think Imovov's takedown defense is not as good as a torch? It's,
0: it's definitely to me overrated by a 72% analytical mark. I don't think it's yeah. that good. Phil Haws. Had- what do you
1: think about his overall wrestling? Because like he took Chris Curtis down three times, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, that is crazy. Cause like, it-
1: that's offensive- the part that throws me off, you know, cause yeah. like, that that's like the one honestly if there's one thing i look at in this fight that makes me one lean his way it's that yeah. stat right there for whatever reason yeah. i'm like chris curtis never gets taken down he took him down three times and a part of me is like well maybe he'll be just fine against the lead a's and I, I think again my gut is telling me he just keeps it on the feet and, yeah. and wins on the scorecards, but um but I don't want to bet against the lead say, bro. I think he's a savage. Yeah, really, I think yeah. he's a
0: savage too. At 185. Screwed
1: against dude. Imagine if he wins that Vittori fight. Who's he fighting next?
0: He'd be the fa- he'd be the favorite here for sure. Undoubtedly. I don't think he'd
1: be taking this fight. If he wins that Vittori fight, yeah. I think he's probably fighting like Brendan Allen or like someone yeah. even higher in the rankings.
0: So at this stage, Imbivov doesn't have a ranked middleweight win because he didn't get the one against Curtis because of the headbutt, right? Delizze yeah. would have two if the Vittori decision went his way because he has Hermanson on the record as well. Like, I think Romance fought better competition, knocked out Kyle Dawkins, Do- really took away Kyle Dawkins' durability at all. He broke his face in half, right? Knocked out Phil Hawes. Like, delize has quietly compiled a pretty nice resume here in UFC. Trevor Giles' decision against him was ridiculous. Delizze won that fight as well. Like, he's had a couple of bad decision losses from being undefeated in UFC. Like, um, yeah. I, I definitely think I will be betting Dalize's money line in some capacity. Not huge, but maybe a little bit of a lean. I, I do favor the over, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if Dalize was able to get takedowns. And like, we haven't seen him go five rounds, but I think he was fine late in that fight with Vittori. Didn't seem very gassed. And yeah, I want to go
1: back four. and watch that, that third he's round. He's got that That's Rob probably, Jordan. It was so now. long ago. He's not active at all.
0: Yeah. That was March twenty three, so yeah, it was almost it a year feels ago. so
1: much longer than that. It's crazy yeah. how fast time goes. I guess that makes sense because I was in Vegas for March Madness, um, at Circa, yeah, I believe it was. So yeah, feels so yeah. much longer than that. That's pretty crazy. It,
0: it does feel so much longer than that. Like I, um, <laughs> a little bit of what I. It, it, my final closing thoughts on this are that I think in a vacuum, Nasr Denay Imovov is overrated. Like Sean, Sean Strickland very much handled him on like a week's notice. Um,
1: That's Chris a great Curtis- point. It was a short notice fight, and bro, the more I'm thinking about this fight, yeah. the more I'm like, hey, like Delisa didn't take that much damage against Vittori. We yep. thought he won the fight. Yep, that was nine months ago. Think about all the improvements he's probably made. Yeah, since then, Imovov. Again, Sean Strickland really dominated him on short notice. Yeah. I'm starting to be swayed here. Again, my initial read was the lead say. Then I started looking at like the Chris Curtis numbers on Emov. And I was like, I think the number is pretty accurate here. I mean, if this number soar, where do you think this number is going to soar by Saturday? Uh, also,
0: so has gone from minus 160 when I ran my numbers to now minus 174. So, I, yeah. I think the younger the th- thing is, UFC does this all the time the changing of the guard fights. Think of that. You and I both like Sadiq Yusuf, Edson Barboza ended up coming through, Marvin Vittori, Jared Cannonier. Um, Just off same division, Uh, Derek Brunson against Edmund Shabazi. Remember that was Shabazian's coronation and Derek Brunson ended up beating him within two rounds. Like I feel like these old dogs, they get written off in this spot because Imovov does have a higher potential in UFC. He's younger. He has a chance to go toward the title. I'm not so sure Dalidze is not better right this second with some questions to answer. And by the way, gas tank questions on both sides that could bring all sorts of randomness into this fight late. As far as who's fresher, who we we don't really know. Yeah, so.
1: and I prefer the finisher, the guy that has more finishing equity in this. I scenario.
0: totally agree with you. I've got uh, so let's see, Dalidze. I've got. Oh um, man,
1: I'm um, starting to lean towards around three, four, five for Dalidze, bro. These numbers. I got to take a look at these numbers now.
0: Dude, the Georgia gas tank, am I am I off base for that? That just I'm trusting Marab and, and like that Dalidze Georgian gas tank for, for just he'll be in shape. Yeah. I, we haven't seen him tired. Like I feel like he's been decently fresh deep into his fights. And um, Bro, these
1: these late rounds, Delize, round 3 KO, 25 to 1, round 4, yeah. 30 to 1, round 5, 40 to 1, yeah. round 3 submission, they're identical numbers pretty much, 30 yeah. to 1, 36 to 1, 48 to 1 basically basically the lead say late three four five is gonna is gonna pay probably north of fifteen twenty to one if you just take the in round props
0: This is Maddie's world I think there's value on the lead to win in the over that's pretty much all I can get you like i I couldn't imagine diving in that trough because I don't know what Imavov's is gonna look like three and a half rounds into this he he's had some gas tank issues previously he looked pretty fresh in the Curtis fight it's just tough yeah. To um, Plus,
1: it's just a different style, stylistic matchup for him. Like when he fights Sean Strickland, it's just a boxing match, right? Yeah. Like the is going to make this dirtier. Um, I mean, who else? The Chris Curtis fight—that was, you know, that was. And by the way,
0: Curtis, former 170 pounder, Delezae's taken him down too. Like I, I know Chris has had good takedown defense against other dudes, but like Delezae's yeah. a different animal.
1: I mean, he couldn't get Vittori down, but I don't think he really tried. I don't think he shot a takedown, did he?
0: Oh, I, if he shot one Vittori has notoriously elite takedown defense. Like right, right. that's his and he favorite. didn't even
1: try. He's like, I can win this fight on the feet. And I thought he yeah. did win it. Um, which that just goes to show you his confidence um on the feet there. And that was again, that was nine months ago. Like, yeah. I I have a weird feeling. He's been I think he's been in the lab, bro. Like I think yeah, I, I think you were gonna see a different delete here, who's even more improved. I mean, he wins this fight, and you know, he could be he could be a couple fights out.
0: Yeah. Especially since the Vittori fight, you could have gone either way. Like if you start running through middleweights, title picture is crowded, man. It's crowded with Duplessis and then Izzy might come back and get a shot. It's crowded. So um, we'll see who ends up winning out there. Uh, Maddie, it is time for you and I to build a parlay since we've got like legitimate stuff here on FanDuel. Um, We'll just, I think we'll just throw legs out there and see how, if we want to make it three, four legs, just depending on the number we get. But um, I'm going to nominate the squarest board on, on the board. Natalia Silva money line.
1: Natalia Silva money line? Yeah. All right. I'm I'm okay with that if I can put the over one and a half in oh, on uh on the co main oh, Dover.
0: Okay. Uh, I'll do it. Uh, I'm showing no, no, no. If you're not
1: down. about it, we can we can leave it off.
0: Well, I'm showing a lot of value on it in the model. And like I, I when we talked about the Dover submission thing and his submission defense round one, like I'm starting to think my angle will be more Moicano two three submission. So I'm good with the over there. Thumbs up oh, from yeah. me and the model. So we'll toss it in here. All
1: right. Um I know we're 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 in line with Gilbert minus two fifteen. Oh yeah. 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 All right. Let's do it. And I think we'll just we'll
0: just take the money line there. Just because yeah, I think yeah, for it's sure. for or sure. submission. Um
1: I know we're we're we are we can not do anything in the Molly McCann fight. I'm looking um, uh, potential vi- potential like slam dunk. Pete Rodriguez play. money line.
0: Absolutely no, not doing <laughs> that parlay piece. Um, <laughs> I don't think we have par- parlay pieces in any of the early fights. Not that we should put a. One well, we got
1: there. so we got a three leg right now, and it's plus at 273. plus two seventy three.
0: Maybe we don't force it beyond there because I like all three of those legs right there.
1: I think that's max. Okay, Here, let's let go me- with it. I'm going to put it in. So, uh,
0: so how close was our last parlay in Canada cashing, by the way? Brad Katona, like a decision where I saw plenty of scorecards on Twitter both ways against Garrett Armfield, could have been one way or another, right?
1: Yeah. And then
0: Mike Malott money line. And we saw Mike Mullot look for the first 13 and a half minutes of that fight before it Mallott, went down. Yeah, the- nah. <laughs> so like that's why we both liked him a lot on the parlay sense and then he just completely yeah. expired so we're getting very close i love both of those money lines i already have them parlayed together i'm good with over one and a half Wakano Dober, because what is everyone going to smash in there? Dober knockout powers Wakano submission um i actually think there's plenty of value on the over so 100 pace 273 you can place that <laughs> in the sportsbook right now um maddie and i are looking to hit that parlay and get back on track so Appreciate you guys' time today. UFC Vegas 85 in the tail. We'll be back next week. I believe we've got, it is just a fight night card next week. And then the pay-per-view two weeks uh, to pour it. We got Jack Hermanson taking on Joe Pfeiffer in the main event, Joe Pfeiffer main event season. Uh, he'll be back for Maddie. And I will be back for that guy as well during Super Bowl week. Appreciate you guys as always for listening. You can find this show. If you miss some of it, you you want to go back, you can find it on YouTube. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Um, our great team uploads it Spotify, Apple stitcher, Google play, all of that stuff. Um, if you want to read my full fight by fight breakdown, it'll be fatal.com slash research slash UFC. I track my picks as well. on bet and M- bet.mma tips. Um, Maddie will release his card, I believe Friday or Saturday, right? Maddie. I'm not
1: sure when you go. Yeah, and- I'll do, I'm going to do yeah. fr- uh, Friday, Friday yeah. night. I'll release it
0: Friday night. So he'll have, he'll have it as Friday as well. We got this full content coming your way. If you missed anything, as always appreciate you guys tuning in until next week. Take it easy. Go 49ers. I'm a Raiders fan, so uh, I'm I'm wearing the San Francisco hat for a couple weeks.
1: You think San Fran gets it done?
0: I do. Um, I do, too. I
1: think think the, the way they rallied in that Detroit game, I just think they're unbeatable at this point.
0: Yeah. So we'll see how the Super Bowl plays out. We'll see how these fights go on Saturday. Until next time, as I said, take it easy.